traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Welcome, horse people of all breeds. Uh, this is Scott Miller with the International Equine Report, coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida. What a week we had. We had the Breeders' Cup. We had all kinds of racing and sales, and you name it, we had it. It, it was really a, a good week, and this really starts off our winter season. Um, you might say the Breeders' Cup, uh, the first of November does. We've got a lot of show horses coming in from up north for the, uh, uh, shows at Wellington this year and at the World Equestrian Center in, in Ocala. Uh, we got all of our standard bred uh, trainers coming back, uh, which is which is really uh, you know good to see them back. And and speaking of standard breds, unfortunately at Tioga Downs in New York, we had a uh, uh, there was a barn fire up there and it kill, killed quite a few horses. They're still trying to figure out how many had perished in the fire, but uh, they caught the arsonist that set the fire. Um, the guy was wandering around the track and uh, a few days before the fire started and said that uh, there were horses that were going to be burned and, you know, just gave him real trouble and they threw the guy off the grounds. You know, at the racetrack, they threw him off the grounds, but he snuck back in and the other, the other morning they woke up and, uh, the barns were just in flames. He had set everything, um, um, you know, a fire. Um, a friend of mine, Edgar Clark, up there, they call him Sparky. He's in the hospital. He got burnt uh, really bad uh, uh, trying to get horses out, and it was just it was horrible, just a horrible thing. So we're praying for all the horse people and all the horsemen and, and all the horses that perished in the fire and, you know, hope that, they're, you know, things get better for them. But, um, you know, like I said, um, it's that time of year. Everybody's coming down from up north, and um, they're getting out of out of the weather and getting down here and getting back into our uh, regular routine, which is, that's awful tough to do, <laughs> back into that, that routine. But um, it was all good. Uh, you know, we had a lot of good things happen uh, in the Breeders' Cup, and a lot of good things happened in the sale. And basically... You know, what happened is it got down to, uh, you know, all the things that we've talked about all year long, pointing towards the Breeders' Cup. You know, what races do you run in, your win and your in. And, and see, that's kind of the thing about the Breeders' Cup is you want to go get to the Breeders' Cup and, and you know, do good. That puts a mark on your horse that will stand forever, you know, uh, especially if you're breeding or, you know, uh, uh buying brood mares and so forth. Uh, That's really good for that. But the thing of it is, is we were talking about the planning, and and like we do for the Kentucky Derby, you know, you got to plan out your journey. Uh, That journey is a long journey and and sometimes tough journey. But everybody uh, is trying to get to the Breeders' Cup. So they all did a pretty good job of it. Uh, And uh, the winning you're in is something that you have to train for separately. you like to train for the Breeders' Cup and get on a path, but if you can win and you're in and get that guaranteed spot in the gate uh, for the Breeders' Cup and get the money that's, that goes along with it and the, all the, um, you know, the, the nice uh, amenities that come with it is good. So you're literally kind of training for the Breeders' Cup, but what you want to do is you want to train for a win and you're in so you can bypass a lot of things. 
But if you don't win and you're in, then you got to make sure that you've got your horse solid and sound and, you know, Ernie's way in, the hard way, as they say. But uh, it was a good Breeders' Cup. Uh, I was really surprised uh, at some of the horses that were in there. Uh, you know, just just to give you, uh, you know, to show you um, about like going to the Kentucky Derby. You know, we had a, um, uh, you know, went in your end, not went in your end, but, uh, you know, a points race uh, for the Kentucky Derby and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And I, I tell you, it was a well-balanced race. Uh, it was 11 horses. Uh, that were in a race. Todd Pletcher had three of them in there. And, um, you know, it, it's hard to handicap. And what I, I don't like to handicap. And what I tell people, you know, when you're going to handicap, you're just taking a lot of information and, and you're taking, more more importantly, you're listening to opinions. There's no set way to go in and say, okay, here's how you handicap a race and this is a horse that should win. It's a lot of opinions, a lot of statistical information that we put in. And it's really great, you know, to, to do that. It's fun, you know, to do that. But it's not a science. It's not a, you know, a guaranteed thing. It's handicapping is more opinion than it is anything because you can see just about anything happen. And this year in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which is a um, points uh, race for the Kentucky Derby in 2024 on how they get there, was interesting. They had 11 horse field. Uh, Bob Baffert had Moot, uh, which this horse is really good. Uh, I mean, he showed everything out west. They're running out west. I mean, it was good, um, you know, for him. Then we had uh, uh, Timberlake. Uh, it was a one star horse. Uh, he he was excellent. Uh, locked Todd Pletcher's horse. Locked. Um, he was really good. Um, you know, you just sit there and you look at it and say, my goodness, how, how do they get all this information in one spot? Well, lo and behold, we had a horse in there. It's called Fierceness. Todd Pletcher horse, City of Light horse, uh, out of a Stay Thirsty mare. Had John Velasquez in it. And let me tell you something. This horse come out of the gate, and I mean nobody was to touch him. It's a Micropolis horse. Just like um, uh, last year with Forte. This horse come out of the gate, no stick, no nothing. He just went. And he got out in front. He he just weaved through everything, got a lot of dirt on him, and uh, weaved through everything. And next thing you know, he wins by eight. Not even, Didn't even touch him with a stick, and he wins by eight. So all of a sudden now he's the... He's the uh, uh, the Kentucky 2024 Kentucky Derby. Of course, he's got the mo- most points. He wins by uh, six and a quarter lengths. That's what he wins by six and a quarter lengths. And I- I'm telling you, this this horse is just unbelievable. Um, he paid thirty five dollars, which I don't like to get into. You know the gambling aspect of it, but that just goes to show you, you know, how how uh, handicapping is. Um, you know, he pays $35, you know, <laughs> nobody expected that. Uh, Moot, uh, Bob Baffert's horse, he paid 480 to place. And a lot, Todd's other horse paid 280 you know, to show. So this goes to show you that all, all the gambling and all the wagering and everything on this race was all upended by, by a long shot. 
And, and once I went back over the racing and I saw everything, I said, my goodness. I said, why was he at that price? I just don't understand. You know, and, and what's nice about it for Todd and Mike uh, Ripoli, it was a million forty thousand dollars to the winner. You know, so he he's, he financially secured himself for the rest of the year with that win. You know, and that's good. Now now they can afford to sit back and start you know picking their spots to earn their derby points, and, and that's really going to be nice now. I haven't said that. We've got a lot, a lot more, uh, you know, uh, Derby uh, prep races coming up, which the next one is going to be the 25th of this month. It's going to be at Churchill Downs. It's a jockey club stakes. So we're going to see how many of these horses, you know, come out and surface at the, uh, at the jockey club at Churchill. You know, that's going to be really interesting. And there's some good horses coming up. Uh, We've got uh, Locked, which was one of, uh, which is in second place in Derby points, which is Todd Pletcher's horse. Uh, Fierceness is at the top of the heap. Uh, you know, I mean, and I mean, uh, there's a heap of horses, as they say, on the backside. Uh, we'll see who shows up there. Um, Leinster from Michael Maker, he, he's in the top ten. Uh, pretty good general partner for Chad Brown, he's in the top ten. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, here over these uh, races that are coming up. And like I said, um, you know, we've got some good ones coming up here. Uh, at Churchill Downs, that's uh, the Jockey Club, November 25th. And, uh, the, the race I really like, and I put a lot of stock into, is the Remsen Stakes at Aqueduct. That's December 2nd. That usually tells you what kind of horse you got and how to proceed forward with it, and depending on how he runs there. A lot of times the track's not in good shape, um, you know, the weather situation and all, but it kind of gives you a good idea what what your horse can do. That that's an awful, that race comes up real tough a lot, uh, a lot of, a lot of times it does. Um, December ninth, uh, have the Los Alamitos Futurity. Um, that comes up. Kind of a West Coast thing, you know. Uh, you don't see many horses going from the East Coast to, to there. And then at Remington Park um, on December 15th, um, I really don't know how to evaluate this horse, uh, this race. Uh, it's called the Springboard Mile. And I tell you what, it's $300,000 purse, and it gets some pretty doggone good horses there. But by April... By the time April comes around, you don't see many coming out of the springboard mile, you know, that, that are at Churchill. Uh, and so that that pretty much, uh, you know, says it for, you know, the rest of the year here. Uh, you know, horse racing is one of the greatest things that you can get into. And what I like about horse racing is even when, even if you're new to the horse racing aspect uh, uh, of uh, your life, um, it, it comes around to where you can do traditions. You can do family traditions, friends traditions. You don't have to know a lot about the racing industry to be a part of it. And uh, what I like are the traditions that, that are held high and regarded, you know, over the last hundred years. Now, just because you're not into horse racing or haven't been into horse racing, everybody normally sees the Kentucky Derby. You know, they'll see it on TV and might, might uh, watch it, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, that type of thing. But 
then you just you, you develop a tradition. You know, you get a group of friends together and say, hey, well, next year, you know, let's get together at your place and, and have a derby party and watch the derby. Uh, a lot of people that really get excited about it, they say, hey, I'm going to go to the Kentucky Derby next year because I really like this horse racing thing. You know, and uh, you become it becomes a tradition. Uh, you get the hat, you get the you know the clothes, and you dress up, and you and you do all the cooking. You the Kentucky burgoo and the and the uh, uh, you know the barbecue, you know that type of thing. And that's one thing I like about uh, horse racing is its tradition. And it, you know, some people really get into it by going to uh, the sales. Uh, okay. Um, and you know it's good it's okay to do all these different things that, that we're doing you know you get those traditions so if you want to call in to 323-744-4831 we'll talk about your traditions laura welcome to the show hi how you doing what what's your what's your position in the horse industry well i'm pretty new to horses um we have been going down to Gulfstream Park for the past three years and just really right. enjoy going to the races and seeing the beautiful animals, and the, it's fun. Um, so we just kind of started getting interested in going down, and then from there we said, well, we miss it when we're not there. So we started watching FanDuel TV a little bit so we could – and, yeah. you know, now we've kind of gotten into it. And yeah. we um, – we we have taken a few trips to some of the other tracks. We uh, this year we took a little trip to Kentucky and went to Keeneland and to Churchill Downs and uh, really really enjoyed um, seeing the horses and just really are having a lot of fun with it. Oh, great! Now is this going to be a tradition for you? Absolutely, I I'd love to pick every year a different track to go to. So. Um, Coming up, we I'm from upstate New York, and um, we want to go to Saratoga this year. So that's going to be our next track on our our little trek, and um, we're looking forward to that. Well, you're lucky there because uh, with them rebuilding Belmont and doing the construction there, the uh, Belmont Stakes will be held at Saratoga uh, the next two years. So that ought to be a real treat for you to go there. Saratoga is good as it is. But the icing on the cake this year or next year is going to be the Belmont Stakes, you know, being held there. So I hope you can get to that. Now, do you own oh, horses? Yeah. Well, actually, um, because since we have kind of gotten interested in, in horses, um, we don't own any horses um, exactly. But we do. Um, there's a place called My Racehorse, and we have bought some shares of a horse. So this yeah. is um, my birthday was last month, and my husband said I got a little present for you. And so we have um, a couple shares of a horse called Here's the Kicker. It's one of Todd oh, Fletcher's wow. horses. Yeah. And um, yeah. I love gray horses. She's a two-year-old filly, and she had made her debut run at Gulfstream a couple weeks, three weeks ago, I guess. And right. Brought a whole new perspective to it, you know? <laughs> now, do you know that you can, uh, through my racehorse, you can order a picture of her, and it gives all the breeding and everything, and, and you're actually an owner. You're listed as an owner with the jockey club. 
Awesome. That's awesome. I, I did yeah. not know that. So yeah. um, I, I knew that there were um, some opportunities maybe to, uh, you know, you put yourself in a drawing and you can uh, be in the winner's right. circle if you're selected. Right. And, um, you know, uh, but you right. still, you know, they have owner's clubs some places, so sometimes right. there's events that we can go to. Right. Uh, so it's, it's really um, going to be a fun experience, I yeah. Now, when you when you go to the track, the track treats you just like you own that horse a hundred percent. You get to go to the owner's box. You get to do the whole nine yards, and it's that's exciting. I, that's exciting. It, about I it. can't wait. I yeah. think it's going to bring a whole new perspective. Um, you know, yeah. before I went to a race and it was just race after race. Now I'm kind of looking forward to seeing my horse race, and yeah, uh, it's just really yeah. fun. Yeah, you can get the nervous stomach and get all upset and everything and just, you know, worry about it, you know, until you win, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. So, I'll be, I'll be. Right, so what I'm doing is, uh, here's the kicker. I'm checking on it today. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit last week about you coming down, you know, to visit with us down here. And I'm, I'm checking to see whether she's at at uh, Palm Beach Downs or she's at uh, Gulfstream. You know, um, I don't know where Todd has her at. Uh, but that could be anywhere only, you know, an hour away from Gulfstream. And so he runs the horses back and forth. So, you know, uh, when you come down, uh, you know, we'll find out where she's at and we'll go over and take a look at her. You know, and you can watch uh, her train in the morning. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so uh, much fun. I love yeah. that. And then the other question that, uh, you know, we were talking about, you were talking about horseback riding. And so at one of our farms, which is uh, Sunshine Meadows, um, which, you know, we'll, we'll give you the tour of Sunshine Meadows here. We have the standard breads and we have uh, show horses and we've got um, riding horses. And back at Golden Gate Stable, uh, Denise, Denise Molina, uh, she's got real nice trail rides that you'll be able to go on and we'll get you hooked up with that. You know, and you'll be able to do that and everything. That so, is um, wonderful. That's good. There's so, much, then, uh, there's so much good yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's a great thing because you can start traditions and everything. And what I, I'm excited for you about is you've got a horse that's getting ready to run. So what's going to be your uh, pre-race um, uh, doings before their horse runs? Are you going to get together with family and friends and and you're going to go down and watch her. You're going to have a barbecue. What are you going to do? What's going to be your tradition that you start? Well, if she's running near me, I'll be there. You can count on that um, okay. in person. But there's probably a lot of times I won't be able to go. And absolutely, we'll have our family and friends over. And we will. My husband loves to grill. He's a grill master, so we'll uh -huh. probably have brisket or barbecue or something. There and, you go. Um, have a have a really good time leading up to it, and then hopefully celebrating a win afterwards. So yeah. it'll be yeah. it'll be fun. And even if she doesn't win, I'm still going to be happy and celebrating. <laughs> That's right. Well, well, let me ask you this: Do you have visions of Kentucky Oaks yet? I I would love it. I would love it. I I'm optimistic. I'm why not? You know. Um, That's right. Why not? That's you right. never know. You might as well shoot for the Scott. You know the stars and yeah. just see what happens. Um, my very first horse. So I yeah. I 
Don't know, but she's got good bloodline. So there's no t- and great trainers. So you got that right. So I mean, all things are looking good. So yeah. we'll just see. Well, Todd's a good trainer. He I worked with him when I worked at uh, Wayne Lucas's, and then I hauled horses for Brookledge, and I hauled a lot of Todd's horses. And now we we've had him here at uh, Palm Beach Sounds for the last eight or nine years. And I know I know he's he's runs a good operation and solid operation. And you couldn't be in better hands, you know. And my racehorse, those guys, they know what they're doing when they get horses. They see things that a lot of people that don't. So, you know, you're going to have a, a good time here over the next, uh, you know, over the next seven or eight months, you know, following the horses to the Oaks and following your horses. Maybe, you know, it'll get involved in, you know, that journey there, uh, you know, to it. So that that's what I like about it. It's good to see uh, people, you know, get into the business for the first time like you folks. And you're in a great state, South Carolina. That's a great state to, for horses. You know, they, they got everything. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful state, and uh, we have the best of both worlds. We're we're here for most of the year, and then we go to Florida for a little bit, and yeah. uh, when it gets cold here, which isn't too much, yeah. but um, right. yes. Right. Now, have you are you getting any of your friends into my resource? Well, we've I've been telling people about it, so I think I've got a few people interested. Um, yeah. I had no idea about it, and I've seen some commercials on FanDuel TV and never really right. thought about it, but it isn't, right. um, you know, you can invest just a little bit of money and get a lot of right. pleasure out of it. So it's it's right. really something that it makes it affordable for everybody to do. So um, I definitely would recommend it to friends. Yeah, I, I tell you, you, you know, once you start doing that, and, and what's funny is, um, um, I would, like I said, I've got two horses with them and people don't know. You can, you know, you can say, well, you know, I, well, I, I, in fact, I got one of my horses running a borrowed aqueduct. And, um, what's neat about it is people, you know, you don't have to say, oh, I own just a little bit or I own a whole lot. But, you know, my racehorse and the track and the trainers treat you just like you own the horse a hundred percent. You know, and that, that's the great thing about it. And, it. and you can get a lot of people in, involved in it. You know, and, and start your uh, My Racehorse uh, Club there in South Carolina, you know. And, and that's what we need to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do that. And then when you go to Kentucky, when you go up to Churchill, you know, you can go in and say, hey, you know, yeah, I, I need to go to the owner's box, please. And they take you right <laughs> up to it, you know. You know, so, what, you know, what can I say uh, at all? So, um, when, when are you coming to South Florida? We are coming next week. Okay. We will be down next week. So um, coming, uh, driving next Thursday. It's a okay. good little drive from South Carolina, but yeah. uh, we managed to do it in one day, and then we'll yeah. um, be looking you up and hope, um, okay. appreciate the offer to be able to come and see the horses and oh, see yeah. what, what you guys have to offer. And um, right. looking forward to maybe doing some lessons and trail riding. and. Yeah. We'll get you all fixed up. And, and, you know, like I said, Palm Beach Downs, Todd's been there for the last eight or nine years. And he he brings a lot of over 100 horses with him, you know, down here. And they all get their start. Forte got his start there. Uh, you know, uh, Nick's. All, all of his big horses are here for the winter. 
and it's really nice when you go out there and see these beautiful horses, you know, training, and uh, you know, get up and, and, and you know, close to them, and you know, see what they're doing, and it's going to even, you know, excite you more when you see them because you know that your horse is a part of that stable. You know, and when Todd wins a big race like he did in the Breeders' Cups, you know, in the Derbies and all, your horses will be a part of that stable. And it's kind of nice to, you know, be around those kind of, you know, horses and people. It's really a good thing to see. And also, um, I look forward to you coming down uh, to visit with us. And, uh, you know, well, I'd be glad to help you and show you around and, you know, uh, give you a few hints on different things. And I, I like the fact that you're going to the different tracks, you know, like Churchill and, and um, you know, so forth. Have you been to Pimlico in Maryland yet? No, we have not. We have not. Yeah. And every every place has a little bit different flavor. And um, right. as a child, um, the very first time I went to horse racing, it was harness racing in a little town, Burning Downs, it's, just my <laughs> Utica, New York, and that's where yeah. my grandfather's like, here, have a dollar, and I'll put it on yeah. a horse for you, and that's kind of where yeah. my love yeah. started. So anyway, but well, thank What's you so much, and yeah. um, I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Uh, thanks for having me yeah. on your show. and yeah. um, we're, we're glad to have you. Uh, be, I hope you, hope you enjoy it. Look forward to meeting you folks. And, you know, see you in the winter circle. Thank you. Sounds great. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, bye now. Thanks bye for bye. calling in. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. See, we got a lot of good people here, um, you know, that are out there. And, and MyRacehorse.com uh, is, is a nice thing to get into. It's uh, part of a syndication uh, uh, company. And it's really good to get out and see everybody do, you know, what they do. Uh, you know, and the racetrack. Uh, you know, we, that's, uh, uh, lifelong, uh, friends, you know, that, that you make. Uh, traditions, like I said, you know, traditions that you make going to Keene and Churchill, you know, whatever track, or even like Vernon Downs. Uh, Vernon Downs is a great place. Uh, we have quite a few, um, uh, harness horses here at Sunshine Meadows, uh, that have people from, uh, running down, they come down for the winter. And one thing that, um, you know, I, I like to tell people about, uh, we have probably the best, uh, harness training facility in the country. Uh, we have a mile long, uh, track, which is very unusual for the harness, harness people. It's 92 feet wide where people get out and, uh, uh, they can train babies on it and not have to worry about running into hub rails or fences. Uh, they got plenty of room to, you know, uh, uh, get them to school. Uh, we have a five-eighths mile inner track inside the mile track, um, for the horses that need to get used to, you know, a five-eighths mile, uh, track. So we got a little bit of everything here and, and they're all coming down. Uh, we've had Hamiltonian winners here. We had little brown jug winners here. We've had breeders crown winners here in the last, you know, 10 or so years and, and have a lot of Hall of Fame trainers here, um, you know, and, and it makes it nice here at uh, Sunshine Meadows. We also have show horses here, too, um, have some of the best show horses in the country, you know, here. And it's really nice to see them, 
doing what they do. It's just a beautiful sport to watch them jump and train and do their sides and, and the whole nine yards. In fact, um, Brandon Mills, our manager, he manages Delray Equestrian. He manages Palm Beach Downs and Sunshine Meadows here. And Brandon is redoing uh, one of our show rings. Uh, they're redoing the surfaces, surfaces and putting up uh, new um, uh, new fencing, you know, around. So it's going to make it even better for, you know, our show horse clients and everything. And uh, it makes it nice. You know, it's, we get to see a little bit of everything here. And so that's what I like about it. But um, now we're going to get into a couple things here that, that uh, I was really pleased with this year. The new Heiza has... Uh, has um, taken over and they're doing a lot of things uh, for the industry. And, and as far as what a lot of people, when they first started doing Heiser, um, you know, it, it was interesting to see the people, you know, that got upset about it. And what Heiser does is uh, they, they do, they do uh, um, rules and regulations and they want to make sure everybody's on the same page and the the tough part that they've had so far has been implementing the rules and regulations. A lot of these old timers in the business, both standard bread and thoroughbreds, they're used to doing things their way. Uh, you know, there's a protocol that you're supposed to do. And you know how it is. It's like, you know, you put a speeding sign up that says 40 miles an hour and somebody's going to be doing 50. You know, and said, well, well, I was in a hurry, or I didn't know, I didn't realize, you know, all kinds of excuses. But what Heisen has done is, is they're educating the horse industry on rules and regulations and protocol. And that, that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of these, these horse people. Uh, you know, <laughs> some of these guys said, well, you know, back in the day, or I used to, and, you know, you hear that constantly. And that, that's the biggest offense to get over, you might say. But what I like about it is they're and they're very innovative. The highs is they're trying to figure out what's causing horses to break down, what causes horses to bleed, uh, what causes horses, you know, to have the medical problems that they have. And um, highs has decided now that they are going to uh, pursue analytics to reduce equine injuries. And what I like about this is they go back and they study. And unfortunately, you have to start with horses that have already broken down. And you go back and you start studying, you know, where were they training? What kind of track were they training on? Uh, what was the weather? Uh, what was the condition of the horse? Uh, when did it start training, you know, as a, as a yearling or a two-year-old? They, they look at so many things they have to look at. Uh, they're looking at feed, they're looking at hay, they're looking at shoes, they're looking at, uh, you know, uh, their training schedule. Uh, how fast did they get them into, you know, working them into a breeze uh, when they were a two-year-old? Uh, you know, there's just so many things they do. They look at the bloodline, you know, uh, they, they do all these things. And, and I really like seeing this come along, along now and gathering all that information is very difficult. Uh, because it's never been done like that before, and, and so now they're they're getting some things involved with the uh, the horses and and you know uh, and keeping records of it. And that's why we've said all along, all year long, 
I've been talking about getting into consistency. Um, you know, you come in the barn at, you know, a certain time in the morning, morning, uh, you feed the horses, you walk them, you get them ready for training. You know, you train the horses and you bring them back in, you do them up. Um, you know, there's so many things that you have to do, you know, and, and the thing of it is, is you get into a routine and you forget to do the paperwork. That's the tough part. You forget to do that paperwork. You forget to write down what the temperature is this morning, what the track conditions are. You know, you forget to do that. And a lot of times you need to hire somebody to come in and do that. You need to have somebody with a clipboard, you know, working in the office and keeping track of all these things because it's a big difference. You know, it's a big thing. You know, like a little notes, like whenever you're uh, uh, shoeing a horse. Um, does he jump around a lot? Does it bother him? You know, does it frustrate him? You know, does it stress him out? You know, those are the things that you have to start looking for in your horses. You know, what stresses them out? Uh, you know, there's a time that, that, um, when we get ready to ship, you know, with young babies and everything, we put them on a van and ride them around, you know, for a half hour or an hour, you know, just get them used to loading and unloading and riding around, you know, starting and stopping. And that, those are things that you have to take into consideration, you know, when you're training a horse. You got to see it from the horse's view, you know, like maybe, you know how it is. Some people don't like to travel. They don't like to fly. They don't like to drive, you know. Uh, so you have to counteract those things with, you know, uh, ways that gives the horse or, you know, people comfort, you know, when you're, when you're out, uh, you know, working with them. And that's a tough thing to do. You know, but all again, all, all along, you know, you got to keep the records. You can't go back, oh, you know, did it rain last week? Every day you want to write down, you know, it rained today. The temperature was 50 degrees. It rained an inch of rain. Um, you know, every day, what, what are track conditions like when you go out? And it's going to, it's going to get uh, time consuming and tedious. But that's what we need to do to help correct the industry and help correct horses, you know, that are getting hurt. Um, then the other thing is uh, when they start doing, the, you know, an analytical uh, evaluation of what you're doing, you're looking at the, the different surfaces they, they run on. Uh, you know, what is the dirt sandy like at Churchill or as they call, you know, Belmont, the big sandy? Um or is it tapita track? Uh, is it turf? You know, how do, where do they train? Do they train uh, strictly on the dirt and then race on the tapita or race on the grass? Uh, there's just so many things that you have to do, and that's what our sport has needed for a long time. Um, we had, uh, with, the, with the Breeders' Cup this year, um, you know, we had, had a fairly good uh, Breeders' Cup. You know, there were some injuries and there were some issues. You know, but uh, we're trying to figure out what caused those injuries and issues so that they can be prevented. And, you know, I, and I like it because now it's bringing everybody together. It's bringing the veterinarians to, uh, together with the blacksmiths and, and with the jockeys and with the, uh, you know, exercise riders and the grooms. And, you know, everybody's kind of throwing their two cents in. And, and I feel bad for Heiser because they're the ones that have to evaluate everything. You know, and make all the comparisons, you know, to, you know, why do horses uh, break down at one track, you know, more than, a, than another track? Um, is it, is it the trainers? Uh, you know, some trainers, they, they don't, 
they they train, but they you know they have their differences from other trainers, and so it makes you kind of wonder, you know, what the you know what the situation is. But all in all, Heise is doing a real good thing. They're meeting with all the all the uh, heads of uh, everything. Uh, you know, they're talking to people from the feed companies to transportation companies to uh, you know the, the people that make horseshoes and you know. Uh, it's really, it's really good to see, you know, that happening, and and that's going to get more people involved into the business, and that's why if you go to to my website intv.org and see what we have there, it's really interesting. We got the we got uh, the blacksmith uh, shoeing a horse. We got feed. Uh, we got equine sales. Um, you know, we got a little bit about everything. You know, preparing for uh, preparing for race day. That's a real good, uh, real good uh, uh, segment there. You know, what do you do uh, before race day? You know, a few days beforehand during race day and so forth. And uh, that's that's what uh, you know you look for. And uh, we talk. Uh, there's um, the feet Pinkai. Uh, he he's on our uh, he, he's on our list there, and he talks about being a jockey. What it takes to be a jockey. Where do you go and what do you do? Uh, you know, that, that's really a, a good, a good segment there. But, you know, the horse business can be the greatest thing in the world, you know, and it's really interesting to see, um, you know, what they do. And what I like about the horse business, and as, as we were talking with our caller, you're just now getting into the business and they're going to start their own traditions. And what I like about it is they went to Churchill, they went to Kingland and now Gulfstream and they're a horse owner now. You know, and so I, I like I like that because that's what we need. We need people coming into the business, you know, that uh, are going to really promote the business. And the thing I like about uh, getting people into the business that have little uh, experience or little knowledge of the business is you see the business from their eyes. You know, they tell you about, you know, what it's like, how how they felt when they went to uh, Keeneland and Churchill, you know, how they felt when they, you know, when they bought, you know, a share into horses. Um, you know, that that's the lifeblood of what we do. You know, it's the excitement, you know, of doing that. And, and you get a different perspective, you know. You don't know how many times I've been at the, at the track. And like I said, I'm not a gambling person, but I've been at the track, and I've heard – the, the the men especially they sit around and they go oh well you know um, this horse ran at Aqueduct and you know he breezed in 101 and uh, you know he was closing uh, in that race uh, he ran good in Chicago and he's got all these reasons you know and he's got the the frown on his face you know like he's studying you know the horse and then the wife sitting over there and, and not not because. Uh, it's the wife, but you know, anybody that, you know, doesn't really get into the horses, uh, they look up and they say, Oh, well, that, that's a pretty great horse. I like that horse. And then the, the guys, they laugh, you know, eh, he ain't got a shot. And next thing you know, the horse is paying $50 because he won. And the reason, <laughs> the reason that he didn't bet it is because he was great. You know, and I mean, that's the way it goes, uh, you know, and, and the, the business is really good. Um, same thing in the standard bread business. Um, I see a lot of people we have here from up north. Uh, we get about three, 350 standard breads here every year. 
to train. And, and they're the same thing. It's a different game with the standard breads. They're, uh, um, they're pretty focused. Those horses can race every week. Uh, thoroughbreds only race every five or six weeks. Uh, they, they rest them up and they let them recover from their racing. But the standard bread's a little bit, uh, hard, more hardy of a horse and can race every week and they train, uh, many miles every day, uh, you know, so that they can race. And, and so it's, it's a whole different group, but the excitement in the winter circle is still the same. It doesn't matter whether you're a standard bread or a thoroughbred or a show horse or a quarter horse. That thrill of victory is still the same. You know, and that gives you uh, new life into the way you look at the horse industry. Uh, right now, uh, I know several horses that raced on the track, and the owners, instead of getting rid of them um, when their career, racing career was over, they're showing them now. And let me tell you, I've seen, I've, I know one owner that was just as excited when they won a stake race at Churchill as they were when the horse, when a, uh, a horse show up at Wellington. They were just as excited. And no one was any better. It was just a different way of getting there. And, and that's what I like about the horse business. We got so many things here that, that, uh, you know, we can go through and, and talk about. Um, you know, the, the show, the show season's really getting ready to get big up at, uh, Wellington and the World Equestrian Center in Ocala and Tryon. Um, you don't have to have a lot of knowledge, you know, about the horse industry, but it's awful nice to go to you know, watch them beautiful horses jump and do dressage and, and do all the things that they do. Um, you know, that, that's really a, a nice thing to go and see. And a lot of, a lot of thoroughbred owners and standardbred owners, uh, when they retire their horses, they move them into a show horse division. A lot of these owners have started show horse divisions for their retired horses. So it gives them a second, you know, a second career to do, uh, when they go out. And I, and I really enjoy that, uh, you know, watching those horses and saying, Oh yeah, I remember him on the racetrack, you know, while well, looking at him jumping six foot fences, you know, in fact, here at Sunshine Meadows, we had a person that, that had a, um, a standard red. And every time they put the standard bread in, in the paddock, he had run around the paddock for a little bit. And there was a little four-foot fence that uh, went around the paddock. And the horse had run back to the back of the paddock. The next thing you know, he's jumping the fence and out roaming around loose. You know, and we all kidded him and told him, said, hey, that horse is worth $50,000 as a, as a show jumper. You know, so you better take a good look, a second look at him, we told him, that they need to do. But, um, you know, it's good. Uh, the horse industry, and we've been talking about for a long time, how much it adds to the economy uh, of the uh, of our states and our cities and our counties. Uh, it's a huge influx of money uh, when they come down here. Now, uh, this winter, there'll be over 10,000 horses added to Palm Beach County to, and that's going to affect our economic impact, you know, on our county, what we do, the streets we have, uh, you know, the infrastructure, uh, that affects it because we've got a lot of people spending a lot of money here, you know, and that's wherever they go. I don't care what town you're in, whether it's a small town or a big town, you know, it's, it's all, all good for to go. And that's what we like about the horse industry. Um, you know, how many times have, have you folks 
I've been riding up and down the road and see a horse trailer, big horse trailer go by. You know, there's usually eight, eight to ten horses on there. And, you know, do you ever wonder where they're going if they're, if the Kentucky Derby winner's in there, if the Breeders' Cup winner's in there, or if the gold medal uh, show horse is in there? Uh, you know, do, do you ever wonder about that, where they're going? It's kind of uh, neat to kind of daydream, you know, and think about things like that. Um, you know, the Olympics are coming up next summer. Um, you're going to see a lot of Olympic contenders here in South Florida and, and at, um, you know, uh, Tryon up in North Carolina and out in California. You're going to see a lot of uh, Olympic uh, potentials here. And that's what I like about, um, you know, uh, South Florida especially, uh, because you have an opportunity to go out and see those. And a lot of times you can go to a horse show, you know, it's free. You go to the racetrack, it's free. Uh, you know, you can see all these different animals that are going to be uh, going to Dubai and racing and, and going to Europe and racing and, you know, and showing. And, you know, you just never can't tell who you're going to see, you know, when, when you're out like that. And the horse industry is important to our economy. Uh, it's important to our culture that we have here. Um, I, I know some people that, in Europe that, um, you know, their great, great, great grandfather was showing horses and training horses and it's passed down to the kids, you know, and it gives them a future and a chance to, you know, uh, uh, have a good business for themselves. And, uh, and then you look at all the tax shops, all the tax shops that carry all the equipment, all the feed and the braces and, and the, um, you know, uh, topical ointments, uh, that they that they carry, you know, to supply them. Uh, that's a, that's a whole different ball game there in itself. And again, uh, the the tack shop business is kind of like the whole horse business. You know, you try to carry everything that somebody would need, and then you find out that um, you have a lot of experts say, "Oh well, you know, your horse has got a little swelling in his leg." Well, this will take it down or, you know, they got all kinds of recommendations, kind of like training horses. You know, there's no right or wrong way to do it because I've seen some people do, um, you know, uh, put uh, an ointment on a leg and, you know, the swelling would come down. And then you always have that guy that's got the secret leg pain, you know, and boy, you use that. Next thing you know, it's all gone. You know, the swelling's all gone. And again, it's, there's no right way to watch the horse, horse industry, go to the shows or the races. There's no right or wrong way. Well, I'm not going to say right or wrong way, but a standard way to, you know, treat horses. Each horse is an individual and you train it individually. Uh, some horses might like, uh, Florida and California and, you know, and, and New Mexico and, uh, other horses might like, uh, New York and Kentucky and Canada. You know, and that's a big thing right there, you know, that you got to look at. And also, but, you know, all in all, you know, the horse industry is a great thing to be in. Um, it does me good to see a lot of the people that I see every day, uh, you know, get to know their families and get to know them and, you know, know their accolades and what they've done and, you know, how they've gone. But even the most important thing is, is the friendship. It's the friendship that you get out of the horse industry. Not only with the people that you work with, but the people that own the horses, the people that run the racetracks, 
you know, and most importantly, the friendship that you get from your horse. That horse will do everything you ask it to do. If you ask him to jump a six-foot fence, he might not be able to get over the fence, but i tell you one thing, he sure is going to try. You might ask a horse to run a mile and a quarter like you have to run in the derby, you know, he may not win the derby, but he sure is going to try. And you know what? The next morning when you get up and you go in that barn, he's going to nicker at you. He's going to be your friend to the end. And that, that is for sure. And, and that's all part of the horse business. That's all part of what we do and how we do it and everything. And now, having said all that stuff, and hope you liked it, having said all that, um, if you go to my website, org, I'd appreciate it if you'd email me or call me at 561-466-1272 and tell me what you'd like to see on on my website. Uh, I've been spending two over two years now uh, at BBS Radio and my website just kind of feeling out, you know, the situations, seeing what it's like, uh, you know, what the horsemen are, are, are wanting. And I don't care whether it's a small backyard pony show. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, in Florida or California or Europe. I don't care where it's at. I just want to hear from you folks about your horse situation. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's so many things that go on in this business that uh, we need to get out and, and help support in the horse industry by telling these stories. Uh, you know, that's what we like to hear. We had um, an unfortunate situation last Saturday. Uh, there was a horse called Cody's Wish. Uh, this young gentleman had a um, uh, a disease that uh, he had many, many operations. He had an open-heart surgery. Uh, he was down to a wheelchair. He couldn't talk. He couldn't walk. Uh, it, it was, it was terrible, you know, to see, uh, him in that condition. But his parents took him out to a farm in Lexington and, uh, he got to see the horses, which he loved. You could tell that when he sees the horses, he would get excited. You know, he, he knew that he loved the horses. So at one of the farms, uh, they saw a little foal and the foal went right over to Cody and, and just put his head right in his lap. And the foal just, you know, they connected. And uh, so over the last couple of years, uh, uh, you know, he kept Cody kept seeing, you know, this this horse, and they named the horse Cody's Wish. That was his name, Cody's Wish. And this horse could run like there's no tomorrow, and he win, 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 win. He won the Breeders' Cup twice. And, uh, you know, every time, you know, Cody could get to see him, he'd be there. This horse was just... A phenomenal horse. He tried for, you know, Billy Mott and that crew and, and for Cody himself. Well, on Saturday, uh, Cody's wish was running in his second Breeders' Cup and he had already won, he won the one, uh, last year in 2022. And so this year, uh, he runs the Breeders' Cup again. And when they broke from the gate, Cody's wish was behind. It just, you know, I tell you what, I don't know anybody that has come out and said, you know, I knew he was going to win. Nobody said that because this horse was so far behind in the middle of the pack, getting dirt thrown in his face, you know, getting jostled around. And right at the wire, Cody's wish 
put his nose in front. He didn't let the kid down. He was right there with him the whole way. Comes back to the winner's circle. They drop, they drip the, uh, garland of Breeders' Cup flowers over Cody's wish, the horse, and over Cody, the boy. And, and the horse goes over to him and nuzzles him in the winner's circle. And I mean, it was just, it was just a phenomenal thing. But the sad part about it was, is that on Cody's way home to Lexington, um, on a plane flight home, they had to land in Atlanta and Cody passed away. It, it was a tough, tough for the horsemen, tough for me, tough for everybody. It was tough. But you know, the good part out of it was, it was a story that of happiness. You know, the horse created a situation and the people created a situation that made that boy happy. He had a lifetime of happiness and a lifetime of distress all at one time. It was good. It was really good. You know, so the horse business is important. You know, hey, I've had, I had some good times. Me growing up, I loved to color, take crayons and color and, um, uh, you know, and a coloring book uh, of horses. It was fun doing that. And then I tell you, <laughs> the one Christmas, I was traveling so much. And um, it was Christmas time. And, you know, here I'm in and out of hotels and, and all. And I said, you know, this is sad. No Christmas tree, you know, no nothing, right? So I went by, uh, I went by the, uh, Walmart and I saw these on sale. They were big, huge coloring books, like Disney coloring books. And they had horses in them and they had race horses and they had show horses and they had horses pulling wagons. And so that was probably one of the better Christmases that I ever had because I had a big box of crayons. I had four uh, uh, coloring books. And and to top it all off, I was sitting in the kitchen, you know, having my Christmas cookies and, and milk and so forth and, and watching, you know, the, the TV and the, the Christmas uh, uh, TV shows. But the way I topped it off, is I ended up laying down on the floor like I did when I was a kid covered. And I mean, that was really good. So, you know, that's all part of the horse business too. Um, it's a, it's a way of life, you know, and, and it's really good. Um, you know, uh, that, that's what I like about it. So we're trying to get everybody to get into it, you know, so we can start really talking about a lot of horses. Uh, you know, give us your horse story. What do you do? How do you do it? Uh, you know, what's the worst horse, what's your worst horse story? What's your best horse story? Uh, what's your daily horse story? You know, what do you do? You know, how do you like it? Uh, you know, um, how do you get before our race? Uh, that's what I always like to see is the, the owners and the trainers and, and the riders uh, going into a race and, and you, you get the biggest kick out of it. You see the trainers, you know, getting ready to, uh, you know, load the horses up for racing or for the show or whatever, and they get this real serious look on their face, and they're walking around, and, you know, they talk to, you know, a person here or there, and, you know, what, you know, you wonder what they're saying. You know, you wonder what they're saying. And I always tell everybody, they're wondering where they're going to eat after the race. They're wondering, you know, uh, if their plane's on time to get them to the next track, uh, you know, all kinds of things. You know, should I play golf tomorrow? 
you know, uh, what happens if we win? Where do we go next? Uh, you know, that's the greatest thing about, about the business, and you can start looking at things, you know, like that when you go to the track. You know, some of the jockeys, they come out, and they're bouncing, and they're high, and, you know, uh, feeling good, and they're on that adrenaline high, you know, saying, well, oh, boy, I think I got a shot at this. And then you see other guys coming out going like, oh, man, you know, this is going to be a tough race. Deep inside, he knows he's going to win the race, but he don't want to let nobody know it, you know. So it's really cool to see see that and see the owners, you know, before and after the race. And, you know, uh, it's really good, you know, to do that. And what I like about it is every state has horses, and every state has a story. Every horse person has a story. You know, every racetrack has a story. And, and that's one of the things that I like to do is I like to go back in and, and check out the history, uh, you know, uh, of a racetrack, of how long it's been there, who's been there, uh, how many great horses have been there, uh, you know, what was the largest crowd ever to watch a horse race. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just phenomenal what you can do in the horse business. And I'm glad to see we got new owners coming in all the time. Uh, we got a lot of – we're getting a lot of uh, – TV and radio coverage, and and that's really becoming important to the game, uh, especially with the way communications are today with, uh, you know, laptops and iPhones and everything. You can literally, you know, watch a horse race or a horse show or, you know, a horse uh, project anywhere, you know, uh, anytime, anywhere you're at. Um, it, it's really good. I tell you what, we got a, we got a, a thing on... Um, uh, our, my website here. It's a, it's a national show, uh, from, uh, Portugal. And it, and it's a good show. And it goes behind the scenes and it talks with the people and how they got into the business and everything. And I tell you what, it's worth watching. Uh, you don't have to know a lot about horses, but it, they go behind the scenes. They show you what the horses are doing and how they get there and, and all. So that, that's really, you know, it's good. Uh, some of it's in Spanish, some of it's in English, uh, Portuguese, I mean, and English. But it's really a good, uh, thing to watch, you know. And I tell you what, the kids would like it. Uh, you know, they'll really like it. And that's, if you go to the INTV, INTV.org and, and look, scroll down and you'll see where it's at. And, um, so that's about it for today's show. I really appreciate our call in. Uh, lady, uh, that called in. She's gonna be, a, I call her the call in lady from here on out. Maybe we'll have to talk to her every month and get updates on how their horses are doing and any new traditions that they might have started and places that they might have gone. So we want to thank them for that and everything. But, um, call in next week, uh, to uh, our show. Uh, give you our number again. It's 323-744-4831. Talk to us. And then next week, next Friday, we're going to have Denise Molina on about her, her farm, Golden Gate Farm, and what she does and her experience. So until next Friday, guys, make sure you get out and see the horses. <laughs>